Warning. What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I'm Nick. I'm Zach. Welcome to Weird and Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. So there's a recent phenomenon that I kind of stumbled upon doing a little bit of reading uh, on the internet. As yes. You do. Yes, the internet as you fucking do. Yeah. Uh, people are claiming to come across what are referred to as black-eyed kids. Oh my god, what? Have you heard of this? I've heard, well I mean, black-eyed kids is always like a thing, but it's not like a thing it's I... It's not the black-eyed peas, which mm-hmm. is every time I read black-eyed anything now. They're not even a thing anymore, are they? I don't think so. No, I don't even know if Fergie's doing cool stuff. I, I don't know. She, well, sometimes you go home and do research about monsters. Sometimes you go home and do research about Fergie. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, right? Yeah, but uh, Black Eyed Kids. Yes. It's uh, relatively new. They are what they sound like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have to get too wild with that. Right. But uh, they're typically children ranging from 9 to 12 years old. They seem to appear at strange times for uh, children to be about. Gotcha. Always unsupervised. Damn it. They seem to be in pairs. Hmm. And they all have black eyes. All black eyes. We're not talking about just the iris. So we're, we're talking about like... I'm just like supernatural demon eyes. Yeah. Pure yeah, black. Like that. Yep. Black soul. Yep. Yeah, just uh, all black. Got it. People that encounter these children say that they are overwhelmed with fear as something doesn't kind of sit quite right with them. They're, you know, you're getting that gut reaction, telling you to get out of that situation. You get that, you know, it doesn't sit yeah, that, gotta that, get out of here. Your reptile brain is freaking out. Right. It's that primitive something bad is around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like something looks off here. I don't like it. Right. And so, your your gut's telling you your fight or flight's kicking in, and it's yeah. telling you to flight. So, yeah, this is why you have adrenaline. Right. This is not for you. A lot of people say it's a hoax because contacts are, you know, you can just get them. Yeah, but cover the whole eyes tough. Yeah, I don't know. Eyes shit freaks me out. Hence why I have glasses on, because I will not get contacts. It's okay, you don't have to. No, I will not. Okay. (laughs) Don't try to convince me. I'm not doing it. No, it's fine. It's not. I'm not doing it. No, I mean, it's fine that that you're not doing it. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, so thinking about it, the internet spreads a lot of shit easily. Yeah. So... That's where, like, I, no, I couldn't really find. I didn't dive too deep on this because, spoiler alert, we're not really talking about this. Fuck, man. But what a good way to start, though. Yeah, but uh, a lot of people are saying, you know, it was just a story. That I don't know. One of my favorite places to read stories. If 
nobody, if you haven't checked it out, I might have mentioned it to you before, but if anybody else hasn't checked it out, uh, Reddit's r slash no sleep. Yes. Fun horror stories all yes. like set to be real and some of them are pretty terrifying. You've mentioned this so many times, but I haven't taken the full dive. Oh, so they're that, good. That might need to happen. Yeah. They're good. There's a lot of good ones out there. Um, but yeah, like I could see it coming from something like that and you know, people just kind of run wild with it. Like somebody nailed it, had a good short horror story. Yeah. Some kid went like, I'm going to go scare the shit out of this person. Oh my God. Which, you know, could be fun. Yeah, it could. It could be. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just making people feel legitimate fear. Right. But, uh. Fun. That's his new hobby. So last episode we talked about a killer clown. We did. So this just got me thinking, was that three years ago when we had that weird like bunch of killer clown sighting Basically, thing? uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's kind of maybe a similar thing. Like, I don't know where that came from, but it was just like, hey, there's a clown out there with a machete. Can, can and I? I was like, wait, what? Like, that's not good. Can I tell you that was awesome? But like not, like, you know what I mean? Like not, like somebody's getting hurt. Oh yeah. You're joking around. Someone's going to shoot these. Nobody, did any of those clowns get shot? I don't know. Maybe that's why it stopped. Cause somebody was <laughs> like, oh. yeah. Cause at the time I was managing a fast food restaurant. Yeah. Three years ago. And one of my delivery drivers came back and was like, yeah, there's one down. Like it was like a mile, but on the road that we were on. And I was like, well, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, can that please leave? Yeah. Can, did you tell it to go away? Yeah. Shoo. Yeah. But I mean, doing that, such a, it's such a ballsy move just because you're just an idiot in a clown suit. You just blown, you're like, okay, sure, you're making people feel weird and scaring them. Somebody's like, well, fuck it, I'm going to shoot this fucking asshole. Then you're just dead. Right. People carry guns around here. Yeah, they do. <laughs> this is America. Yeah. And if you're dressed like a big fucking red-nosed target. Yeah, with a weapon. Or a peg Because that's leg. what they were always kind of seen with. Right. They have, yeah, bats or swords or, like you said, machete. Yeah. It's a ballsy move. Yeah, because, like, it's a power thing. You're trying to fuck around, but, like... Yeah, you're they, just trying to get a laugh, kind of, for yourself. Like, boo. Probably. I, mean, I don't know if unless you're into, like, some really weird stuff. That's the thing, though. It could have been both. You didn't know which clown you are going to get. Yeah, that's true. Oh. Anyways. Fucking Gacy ruined clowns for the whole fucking world. Yeah, especially in this area. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's more in this area than most. <laughs> that but, could be true, too. Yeah. I don't know. Fucking They're still kind of creepy, no matter right. what. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but back to what I was saying, the black-eyed kids. Yeah. Um, maybe it's an internet thing. Maybe it's a thing. But right now, there, I couldn't find a lot of good stories. But also, like I said, not diving too hard in this. Right. But where I did come into it was because a lot of people say, what is it? Like... Is it, if it's not a hoax, right? fits into the paranormal, and are they vampires? Some people said, because some of the stories, Could I did be. read a couple, Yeah, would say that like the kids would ask, can I come in and use your phone, or something innocuous, you know, where you'd be like, well, maybe you need to use a phone because it's fucking storming out, and you seem like you're lost, and it's 11 o'clock at night. Right. But then when people would get that weird feeling and they're like, no, 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 something's off here. They'd be like, no, you have to invite us in. 
you have to invite us in. No, man. Like, no, no. No, no. No, I'm not doing that. That's okay. I'm not yeah. doing No. No. I'll bring you guys out a bag of chips or something. Yeah, I'll grab my cell phone and I'll hand it out the door. Yeah. <laughs> You're <laughs> not coming in. You're not getting in this house ever. <laughs> yeah. No. So some say it was vam- vampires or demonic, possibly. Yeah. Others, though, say maybe it's alien. Oh, man. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. All right. So back in 1966, October the 11th. Yes. A blazing white light as big as a car nearly scraped the 550-foot-tall television tower outside of Pompton Lakes, New Jersey. Jesus. Site of the large DuPont explosive factory. On the night of October 11th, 1966. Ooh, that's redundant. Anyways. A policeman and his wife watched the object move slowly northward and disappear beyond the neighboring hills. On the other side of those hills, Sergeant Benjamin Thompson and Patrolman Edward Wester of the Wanak Reservoir Police okay. observed the same light at about 9.45 p.m. as it swooped low over the reservoir. The light was brilliant. The light was brilliant. <laughs> I know, right? It sucked. <laughs> This shit sucks. The light was brilliantly white. Thompson said it lit up the whole area for about 300 yards. In fact, it blinded me when I got out of the patrol car to look at it, and I couldn't see for about 20 minutes afterwards. Yikes. It's a long time. It's bright. It's a bright light. Yes, it is. I can't imagine he was actually blinded for that amount of time, because I feel like he would be a little bit more concerned. Um, Right, because I mean... Right, if you can't see, you can't see. But if you're just like strained out, it's a different. Right, you got like the yeah. motion, the lights, the in hazy your eyes, spots. Kinda, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he says that, even though I'm just quoting, it still seems rather calm. If right, you think you're blind from a light. So, across town, other events are unfolding. Yes. Okay. Two boys, James. Yanchitis? 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 I don't know. No, Yanchitis. We'll call him Jimmy Y. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. And Martin Mouse Munov. Is he a a mobster? Is he a Gambino? I don't know. It could be. Never mind. Um, So Jimmy Y and Mouse. (laughs) This has got so much more intense. We're walking... Home along the 4th Street and New Jersey Street when they approached a corner parallel to the turnpike. Uh-huh. The turnpike is elevated. And there's a very steep incline dipping down from the busy thoroughfare to 4th Street. Okay. A very high wire fence runs along the street, making it impossible for anyone to scramble up the incline to the turnpike. There are bright street lights on the, that particular corner. It was on this corner that the two young men encountered what they said was the strangest guy we've ever seen. Oh, brother. Yeah. So hopefully I don't get tripped up here because I did, I'm doing a lot of paraphrasing, but sure. this is taken from uh, John Keel. Yeah. Oh, which is a name oh, we know. Oh, no. What's John doing? Well, we'll find out. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, this was taken from one of his books. Um, Jimmy nudged me, Mouse reported, and said, Who's that guy standing behind you? Oh, my God. I looked around, 
And there he was, behind that fence. Oh. Just standing there. Why? He pivoted around and looked right at us. What the hell? And he had a big old grin. Not this fucking guy. Oh, it's this guy. (laughs) Yeah. So... I think you probably got a good idea who we're ta- talking about. Yeah, here. but take, we've talked about him a little bit take, on a previous episode. Take me all the way there. Oh yeah, we're gonna keep going. So if you haven't heard, we've talked about this guy. I'm gonna get there. I'm not gonna say who it is yet for the people that haven't listened. Right. But he may have made an appearance in the Mothman. God. Our episode. Mothman. Yeah. So both the boys, uh, later isolated and questioned. Told the same identical story. The man was over six feet tall, they both agreed, and was dressed in sparkling green coverall costume that shimmered and seemed to reflect the street lights. What the fuck is this guy wearing every time? Right? There was a wide black belt around his waist. McCann. <laughs> what? No, hold on. This yeah, is, yeah. McCann, who is the star of his own TV series in New York, is a very large man, about six feet two inches tall. It was in the room here, so this, like, this is where I took this straight from. Okay. So we got a, a TV star in the room, and both boys kind of pointed him out, and they're like, uh, "He's bigger than him, taller," and that's where they get the six foot two, but they say much broader. McCann. I was curious, why why is this TV guy being in this room right now? Great question. Right. So I so I read th- this chapter out of uh, Kiel's book. Okay. I don't know if he's their buddies or what, but that's my guess. Probably. So I thought maybe he's a TV star in like the Twilight Zone or something weird and was like... Oh, so what is, what is he really... What is <laughs> <laughs> okay? That look was great. Uh, yeah, he is uh, best known for Captain Kangaroo. Fuck, which is just a children's TV series that ran for like thirty years on CBS. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, reading this, I was like, McCann. Who? Who? Yeah. Chuck McCann. Yeah. What is that? TV star. Okay. Okay. All right. And here All right. we go. Oh, he's Captain Kangaroo. Oh, all right. Oh. Cool. Cool. Great. I'm glad he's in this story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he got there, but he's there. Man. So, uh, but, you know, the boys used him as a reference, and they pointed out, and they said, he's bigger than that dude. He's a big he's, dude. He's bigger than Captain fucking Kangaroo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so then they elaborated on that, though, and they said much broader. He had a very dark complexion. Little round eyes, real beady, set far apart. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe like black eyes. Yeah. Sound oh. Sounds like it. Oh, jeez. They could not remember seeing any hair, ears, or nose on this figure, nor did they notice his hands. What the fuck? He was standing in the underbrush behind the fence, and his feet were out of sight. When asked what he was doing, so... It sounds like the boys were just on a walk. Right. Maybe one had to take a leak, went over to a fence, wasn't really paying attention. I can see it. Yeah. But uh, when they saw him, he didn't seem interested in them. He was focused 
on quietly watching a house across the street. I was hoping you'd say, I'm Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> no, it's going to get weirder. I should have. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, they said he... So it's a house he's staring at. Yeah. Okay. And so from the accounts I read, um, the Jersey Turnpike is like, it's a highway, okay. essentially. Yes. So what they were saying was that... So Keel went on and he was like, if... I try to explain this rationally, basically. He was... Maybe it was somebody broke down on, on the turnpike. Okay. And they get stuck inside that fence. They would, you know, see these boys because the fence was made to keep people from getting in or out. So you can't go, you know, fuck around on the highway. Right, which is bad to do in any situation. Right. And, uh, but he wasn't. He wasn't interested in it or anything. So he didn't even know the boys were there until they kind of called him out and then turned hey, around. Hey, just Hey, dude, what's up? Oh, just shit. very creepily. With a smile. Yeah, just that... Oh. Unnerving smile. That's the sound I would make. Of them. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. Never mind. Mind your business. But so he wasn't trying to get their help. He didn't seem to be doing anything except for staring at a house across the street. Okay. Is what they said. So yeah, we got a a fun recurring character here. Um, since we haven't mentioned it in the Mothman episode, I talked about this briefly. This is called. The Grinning Man or Indrid Cold. Indrid Cold. Yeah, good guy. Yeah, great man. Yeah, I mean, I I came across him in researching our the Mothman, and most a lot of the stuff kind of hints back at that. And John Keel is the author of the Mothman prophecies and all that stuff. So oh, this yeah. like kind of all ties in with that a little bit. I should just read that book. Yeah, I should too. Right, just to do it. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. There's a lot of books that probably both of us should just read to be like, okay, it's right. our new hobby. These are important. Get them in here. Yeah, and the Mothman's a big one, especially. Huge. We spent he's, a month on the Mothman. He's basically, huge. God, I wish I could have spent a year in the Mothman. I yeah. mean, I could have, but I didn't need to. No, but I want to. So basically, where we got into it with the Mothman, I'm gonna have to get into a little bit here. Sure. And uh, we're going to go back to our good old good old guy, uh, Woodrow Derenberger. Yeah, remind me, Mr. Derenberger. What was his deal? Yeah. Uh, well. Is he the guy? Never mind. Well, I could ask. What, what do you think? Is he the guy in the truck? Yes. Beautiful. Right. That this man, that this, man this wicked blazer type jacket shit, he walks up to him. Yeah. So actually, I didn't know this when I did it back in the past. But we can listen to him tell it firsthand. Get out of this world. So. Where do we live? This is wild. Um, do we want to just listen to a few minutes? I, if you want to, if you have it. I think we could do it. I don't know how it'll play off here. I mean, just, it, it's probably it's probably better if it's a little staticky, just because it's, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it, I've, I've watched it a couple times now at this point, because I'm like trying to like fact check, and then like I see things in quotes, and I'm like, well, is that right? Yeah. And then I'll like go back. You could probably just aim the shit at it and see how it sounds. So basically, I'll give a quick uh, yeah, do it summation real quick. Um, it was in November second, uh, nineteen sixty six, is when he had the encounter. 
and okay. he came he reported to the police yes and it was news on top of it this interview takes place the next day oh my god yeah so we got you can listen to audio from his first public appearance so let's let's do it let's play a little bit and see how uh, it might go well it might go horribly give it a shot all right so yeah this uh this interview takes place the day after his uh, encounter. So I'll just go ahead and hit play here and we'll see how it goes. All right, sounds good. Mr. Vanberger, in your own words, would you please relate what happened last night? Well, I was, I am a salesman and I drive a truck. And last night, uh, shortly after seven o'clock, I was coming from Marietta, Ohio, coming down Interstate 77. And just before I came to the intersection of uh, Route 47, there was a car passed me, overtaking me from behind. And following closely behind this car was this unidentified flying object. And as the car ahead, or the car behind passed me, this object was following close behind it, and it swerved directly in front of my truck, turning crosswise. And when it turned crosswise, it slowed down. It started slowing, not abruptly or too fast, but it gave me plenty of time to step on my brakes and slow down with it. But it forced me to come to a complete stop. As soon as I had stopped, there was a door opened in the side of this vehicle, and this man stepped out and came directly to me, or came to the truck. He walked to the right-hand side of the truck, and he told me to roll down the window. He asked me to roll down the window on my right-hand <laughs> side of my truck. Right. Yeah, what? And I had done what he asked. Okay, I'll do that. And this man stood there, and he, uh, he first asked me what I was called. And I knew him, <laughs> I knew him, and I told him I knew him. It's my fucking name. And uh, he asked me, he said, uh, why are you frightened? He said, don't be frightened. We wish you no harm. He said, we mean you no harm. We wish you only happiness. And uh, I told him my name, and when I told him my name, he said he was called Cold. That was the name that he was called by. And he asked me what the city of Pardonsburg, he pointed to the lights. He didn't point, but he gave the impression that he was pointing, and he asked me what that was called. And I told him it was uh, Parkersburg. It was a city, a town. And he asked me if most all the people lived in my, this city or town. And I explained to him uh, that it was a place of business. It's where we transacted our business. That the people lived in communities, outlying communities, most of the people. And when I told him that this was a city, he said that his, where his home was, that that was called a gathering. And uh, again, he told me not to be frightened, which I was. I was, I was very frightened. Yeah. Uh-huh. As far as I can understand, this was all mental. There was no spoken words from him. I knew what he was asking me. Oh my God. But yet he stood there, and his mouth did not move. He had a smile on his face. He was appeared very courteous and friendly. What are we doing? 
What are we doing here? I'm going to go ahead and stop it there. Yeah, what are we doing here? Yeah. Because um, it's it's a whole half-hour interview. God, what the hell? It's so much material. Oh, yeah. It's, like I said, I've listened to it a couple times now, too. And it's... Is the whole thing that wild? I mean, at a certain point, it becomes... Uh, the. I mean, the interviewer, like, he grills him. Like, He's like, okay. Right. He starts, like, asking questions and... And he's doing it repetitive too. Like he's asking to see if he slips up. Yeah. Yep. So he's like changes the words a little bit. Like that's uh, some, he's doing like his his job. Right. And well, somebody has to. Right. And he never really slips up, and it's kind of crazy because like he's getting grilled, and this just happened yesterday. All this stuff. Right. Yeah. So recent too. I mean, right. if this actually did happen to him, it's right in his head. Right, and that's why it's kind of like, well... And he never... He doesn't... Like, that tone, he ma- maintains that entire tone. Yeah, he's not like, getting... throughout the inter- interview, he's not getting rattled by, like, these questions coming. He's just like, well, this is what happened. Yeah. It's like, okay. He's not being hysterical or, sh- like, shouting or ranting and raving. And- no. Like, he's just, like, very matter-of-fact. Like, well, this guy came to my window and asked me to roll it down, so that's what I did. Yeah. He asked me what I call myself and not to be afraid. Right. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Where I'm from, that's called a gathering. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so... Oh, I looked into that, though. Uh, the He says gathering, actually. Oh, gathering. That's in the interview, too. Like, it goes, and he's like, oh, you said gathering. And they're like, yeah, it means like to join together from my mental interpretation. A gathering. Yeah. So that's why, like, he says things that are, they make sense if you think about them the right way. But the way he says them are like, that's a little weird. Why would you call it that? Right. Yeah. Yeah, because you get it, but it's like, that's a different, like a different language. Right. It's just like, oh, it makes it's, sense, but it's, it's not It's like how a I... poor translation almost. It is. Like, well, well, maybe because he's speaking to him in his native... No, he's speaking like English to him in his head, and so he understands it. Maybe that is a bad translation or right. close enough. Yeah. But, what uh, the fuck? So, injured cold. Injured cold. Yeah, he just calls him cold in this interview. But uh, Yeah, I wonder how that went, because they asked him, what are, you, what are you? Did he ask him, like... We might not know. Did he, did he ask him, like, what are you called, or did he just tell him, I'm cold? No, he he said that he's called cold. Okay. And, yeah. And, I mean, all the questions that he kind of asks him and that uh, Woodrow here answers are pretty mundane, really. Like, yeah. you know, like, what is what are all those lights out there? What is that called? Like, and he's that's... like, oh, it's Parkersburg. <laughs> oh. And he's like, huh, yeah. Why are you afraid? <laughs> I mean, I would have been like, man, you tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Well, and that's kind of where I was thinking when these black-eyed kids come in. Like, people are just terrified. Like, right. something's unnatural. Right. Doesn't sit right. Doesn't belong. It's out of the ordinary. Yeah, so up until this point, Woodrow claims to have had no experience with UFOs, okay. aliens, and hadn't really put too much thought into it. Also helps his credibility. John Keel calls him not learned man. Well, I don't know <laughs> if that's nice. It's not. <laughs> I don't know if that's 
He was a... Uh, Just like a town's dude. He sold sewing machines. He was a salesman. He drove them around and sold sewing machines. Can you imagine having that job? Going to people's houses and just selling stuff? Oh, I really don't want that job right now. One time I was little, a guy came over, they were selling like a vacuum cleaner. Did you ever experience this? No. I don't know why. I assume this is like a common memory for everyone, but it's probably not. No. They were selling like, or like some stand removal. And like they dumped a bunch of shit in my parents' carpet. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And they, they wiped it up. They all went away. Oh, yeah, no. I had a similar thing one time. I was back, you know, when I was a youth. Yes. I was like 13, 14 probably. Okay. And I would mow my mom's friend's lawn sure. for money. Good call. It was like a mile across town, so I ride my bike there. Yeah. And I just remember I'm mowing the lawn at this house. Some dude walks up and he's like, are you the homeowner? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what? And he was like, oh, well, would you like to buy this? And like, he's like, it cleans your rims real nice. And like... There was just a car in the driveway. It wasn't mine. I can't drive at this point. Right, <laughs> like, right. You can drive a tractor. And he's just like cleaning them off. And he's like, would you like to buy this? It does real good. Like, he's giving the whole pitch. Right. And I'm like, like this no, yeah. well, no. <laughs> <laughs> and why is this rim super clean now? And the other ones look like shit. So I don't how, know. The how hell. am I supposed to explain this? Yeah. <laughs> I saw your room was dirty, so I went to go clean it. No, a strange fucking man came by and started cleaning your car. Yeah, it was weird. It's odd, right? Yeah. Bizarre. And imagine that's what you do to make money. Get out of here. And the fact that he had a whole spiel already when clearly you're a child. I, I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> you're the homeowner? Why, yes, sir. Yeah, I, I should have said yes. I know, but. Just to see where that goes. In the moment, you're too bewildered this man is asking. No. I'm like, no, you idiot. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm doing. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. See, so yeah, just salesman. But I mean, it's a job, though. It is. So this, it, it was. It's, it's, a, it's a little different now. It's definitely different now. I just but like there's still salesmen, for his, sure. His pitch was the same. It was like a telemarketer. But you can see the person. Right. Like, no, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, no. Uh, I Are need, you Mrs. Robinson? I need an adult. Yeah. I'm a, <laughs> well, first, I'm a man. Yeah. Oh. You the current homeowner? Get out of here. Yeah. It's like the fucking insect. Just swat him away. Get out of here. Stop it. Uh, so, like we were saying, yes. uh, a sewing machine salesman from yes. Mineral Wells, West Virginia, which mm. we named a couple times yeah. in past episodes, uh, Mothman stuff. Yes. Woodrow Derenberger was driving home from Marietta, Ohio, on the rainy Wednesday night of November 2nd, 1966, when an object shaped like the chimney of a kerosene lamp, lamp, no D at the end, Got it. dropped out of the sky and landed on the... Highway directly in front of the West Virginian's truck. Derenberger slammed on his brakes and stared in astonishment as a man emerged from the object and strolled towards him. He described the man as being about six feet tall, with a dark complexion, slightly elongated eyes. He wore a dark coat and blue trousers, which were quite shiny and had a glistening effect. Stop it! His wardrobe's out of control! (laughs) Right? Looking good. (laughs) As the man neared the door of the truck, Derenberger heard a voice ask him to roll out his window, which we heard him say in the recording. Yes, we did. The man stepped up to the door with his arms crossed over his chest and his hands hidden under his armpits. He grinned fixedly at Derenberger, and his lips never moved. Yet Derenberger distinctly heard a voice that conversed 
with this odd gentleman through mental telepathy. Again, we heard parts of this in his description, but if you listen to the entire half hour, right, you'll hear all this, and that's why I want to give a summary here. Sure. Uh, their discussion had brief... Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I know. Their discussion was brief and rather pointless. The man said his name was Cold, and that he was from a country much less powerful than the United States. He asked Darren Berger who he was. Pumping him up. Where he was going, and a few other simple questions. Then he said he would be back. He walked back to his ship, and it flew off. That scene is like the pinnacle. Like, every UFO scene is like based off that scene. Right. So, actually, this was taken from Kiel, but... uh, what I took from Darren Berger's actual interview, it sounds like he's driving along. Other car passes him. Yeah. Like probably freaking the fuck out. Cause what the fuck is that behind me? Right. And then this thing pulls up, crosses the road, cuts Darren Berger off, stops. This guy walks out and then he makes it sound like the ship itself lifts back up. Okay. Unblocks the road. But like you're fixated on this dude in his sweet looking blue his sh- glitter pants, sh- glitter pants, just walking right. at you, glitter pants. <laughs> I I don't know what else to call it. No, but uh, perfect. And you're just like, oh. So then he, they do the whole discussion, and sounds like the ship just comes back down. Uh, Darren Berger eventually says that Indrid Cold walks back up, and he sees a, another hand come around and kind of hit. A button, or sure. Something that something that makes the the thing the could... ship come up and give a loud thunk. Okay. To close. So, so he's not just riding solo here. No, he's he's part. Of, he was he's our scout, communications officer, yeah. first contact guy. Yeah. Well, this probably isn't his first time. This is where uh, Keel gives him the moniker contacted. So two other men made similar reports that same exact day. All right. They they gave very similar reports from what I read, um, but they refused to give their names and uh, had no interest in assisting spreading their story outside of them. Come on, guys. Uh, well... I mean, I there's reasons, some reasons behind it okay. that I haven't touched on yet. Okay. Um, but like, so they said the exact same thing basically happened to them, um, which is kind of crazy because it's a crazy story. And yes, for two other people to report the same thing yes. within the same day, yes, that's weird. Very much. Um, but so Keel is very well known for his, or John Keel, the author that I'm read and referencing. Correct. He's very known for his uh, book, The Mothman Prophecies. But what he, he's more into UFOs. He's a UFO investigator. Like, that's his thing. Just kind of, you know, the Mothman was just like, look at me, I'm the Mothman, here I am. Right, it's kind of one of those things where he starts it being one thing, and that's like, oh, it's this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's what I'm investigating now. Right. And that's where I began my episode of The Mothman with this injured cold. 
because it's weird. And the fact that it even existed anywhere near the Mothman, it's weird. There's a lot going on. It's like, on. you want to check that out? You're like, what yes, is this? Absolutely. Um, But so, part of the reason these guys maybe didn't want to, you know, help out old Woodrow Derenberger, because he was the only one that went on record. And, I mean, we listened to part of it. Right. And look it up. It's on YouTube. Uh, just go Woodrow Derenberger, and you can listen to the entire interview. And it's pretty crazy. Get some weird stuff, and you can hear that. You can hear that interviewer grill him. Like, I want to. I'm yeah. going to have to do that. Yeah, and then, uh, so, Derenberger... He's a married man. I forget how old he is at this point, but he's not a young man. Sure. Um, but once he comes out with this, he starts getting harassed. Oh, man. Pranksters. Oh, right. That's what happens. UFO believers and skeptics, though. They all want a piece of this. Jesus. They're intrigued. Right. Well, you know, like, absolutely. This guy's basically saying, like, this weird man with this giant smile. Just kept staring at me. I don't even know if I mentioned that. Did I forget to mention the grinning part of him? I don't. I mean, I know it, and you've told me it. So right. I, don't know. I think yeah. I kind of overlooked it, though. Maybe. But, like, he's just got this creepy smile the entire time. Like, just, he's way too happy. It's It, it was. It reminds me of, did you ever see the deleted scene from Terminator? Uh, no. Where Arnold fakes a smile? No. <laughs> it's it's real. I mean, look that up on YouTube. But, like, it's unnatural because, like, they're trying to teach the Terminator how to be, like, humorous. So he's an inhuman being making a smile that overdoes it, and it's very silly. Right, and that's what everybody says when they encounter this guy. It's like, you look like a person, kind of. Right. Just stop it. This chill face. Right. Yeah, so I've completely overlooked that, possibly. You may have said it a little bit. But yeah, I may have. Yeah, I'm trying I didn't to, drive I'm trying it home enough. Though. Sure, that might be fair. Because the grinning man, that's what he's called. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, Darren Berger's getting harassed. This goes on for a while. He's getting calls all the time. Eventually, he takes his number off a of public record. Makes sense. Everything continues. So. Oh, the phone calls. Yeah. So he's getting like harassing phone calls or people calling and saying that they're injured cold. But but there's some weird stuff going on with some of these. Okay. Eventually, he changes his number. Okay. He's still getting some of these calls. No, problem solved. Yeah. Should be problem solved. No, he but he's still calls. getting some calls that oh, are no. that claim to be injured cold. Come on, man. Mhm. Mm so uh, John Keel stays in touch with this. Yeah, he's, he's like, a UFO uh, investigator. He's like, okay, let's keep it. And he's trying to be serious. Uh -huh. And he's he's got his uh, teeth into a good lead here. It's a huge lead. Yeah. So him and another UFO investigator. Uh, fuck, I forgot his name. We've mentioned him before, though, too. But I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Fordian? Not that guy? No, not that guy. Shit. But they... So at this point, Woodrow Derringer, or Derenberger is divorced and moved to a new place. So the wife... Changed his phone numbers. The wife he had at the time is now no longer his wife. Yeah, 
No, he actually marries another contactee. Oh. Um, that's much younger, as mentioned. I don't know how much, but I didn't look too much into that. Did he go after her because she's a contactee or because she's much younger? I don't know. I got some theories about that, but okay. I'm not, not ready for that yet. That's fair. Um, but Keel and the other guy, Gary Clark, I want to say, but I, that doesn't sound right. They arrive at uh, Woodrow's new house. Okay. When they arrive, they see small lights bobbing in the field. All it's right. like a farm house. Sure. And they try to investigate it, being the uh, good UFO investigators that they aspire to be. Yeah, it's their or job. Are. It's they their are. job. Yeah, yeah, they're legit guys. Yeah. Doing legit stuff. But they encounter an electric fence. Hmm. And then ill-tempered bull. All right. Which I read the accounts of, and they're kind of funny, but... We don't need to go on those tangents right is like, now. Is it like a cartoon? <laughs> Almost, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, eventually they get back and uh, they just they gave up on investigating the lights in the field. So they show up to Darren Burgers, knock on the door, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're here. We try to find out what these lights in the field are. Right. And Darren Burgers like, oh, they're just projected from Cold's ship somewhere overhead. That's what he says? Yeah. Oh, it's just my guy up there. It does that. Yeah. Uh, according to his complicated story, Indrid Cold and his friends frequently visit the farm, often arriving in, by automobile for long, friendly chats. Innumerable witnesses what? <laughs> did see strange, unidentified objects throughout the area, and quite frequently directly above Woodrow's house. I mean, what? They're not, if this is their, they're not helping out their guy here. No, I mean. Right? This is, I mean, they're making a spectacle of themselves. Yeah. But people are seeing it. Like, it's getting reported for a while now. Like, this is while the Mothman is happening. Okay. Well, we're probably a little bit past that now. But, like. It's been. It's like a whole other thing outside of the Mothman sightings is like, there's these lights and orbs and all that stuff. Yes. And we talked about another uh, UFO encounter in the Mothman episode where it was kind of weird. It was like a helicopter type thing. So that kind of falls into this portion as well. And it was just a guy watching his TV and, you know, red lights just spinning outside his Uh, window. And he's just like, meh. Okay. Okay, that's a thing. So before that, uh, like, 30-minute interview that he did with the news. Darren Berger had... He actually got rigorously or thoroughly tested. They put him through mental, physical, psychiatric evaluations before they even put him on TV. So now he's reached, like, the the probe part of, like, we gotta make sure this guy's normal. Yeah. Test him. Right. And this is... Up to par. Yeah, they wanted to make sure that he's just not a crazy person that they're like, yeah, let's put this guy on national television. Yeah, nowadays, or, I, mean, I don't think it was national. It was just the local station. Yeah. But it's, you know what I mean. I was going to say, nowadays, nobody give a fuck. Throw them on there. What'd you say? Get on there. Go to town. Yeah. But they they went through the ropes with them. Nice. Check them out. The psyche. The psych, the, yeah. Fuck. The psychiatrist that evaluated him 
before he went on TV, was eventually also contacted by Cold. Before or after? After. Uh, well, yeah, because he's talking to his Months boy. Months after. He's yeah. talking to his boy. Right. And so... Hmm? There's no internet, so it takes Cole a little bit to Cole to find out about that. Yeah. He's like, what? You talking to my guy? Derenberger? So that psychiatrist refused to give his name to be exposed, but he has appeared anonymously. God damn. It's fine, man. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> but he has appeared anonymously on uh, radio and television. Okay. Giving... Derenberger, all the support. Like, he backs him 100% now. So this guy basically was there to, you know, make sure he's competent. Cleared him. And now he's And all... a couple months later, he's like, holy shit, I met Indrid Cold. It's like, I'm all in. Okay. Yeah. Pretty weird. Yeah. Yeah. Slightly unusual. <laughs> I would say, <laughs> yeah, very. Just, just a, t- a teeny bit. Not the norm. So a lot of people actually came and made uh, reports. And after seeing how much shit that Woodrow got put through, nobody gives names. Right. It's like, yeah, they, they'll give their little piece, but they're not putting themselves up for that. I guess that's the, man, that's something else we sh- we didn't mention in our, you know, where are they episode. Yeah, just the the fear of of a ridicule of if you see something you won't you don't say it because right. you're a normal person who doesn't want your normal life ruined by seeing some kind of monster. Yeah, or talking to a grinning man. Right. Yeah. No, it's weird. It's like, I mean, if anybody listening wants to tell me about that, I'll listen. Absolutely. And if it happened to me, I would not shut up. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't shut up. It changed my whole life. Yeah, but see, we're screwed. We, I know. We talked about this. Yeah. Right. We're fucked. Yeah. We're not, unless maybe, unless, you know, maybe, I mean, we don't have one yet, but I mean, well, we can, we got, we can get something. Injured Cole, we can get the third mic in here if injured wants to talk or have a conversation. Yeah. We'll figure something out. Yeah. I mean. Can leave us an anchor voice message. Yeah. <laughs> Send us something good. Yeah. If you want to talk about what anything. About, what do you want to talk about? Yeah. It'd be a, this, it'd be a you call it episode of the podcast. And this is this place is called Shanahan. Oh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna ask weird questions, yeah. Where is this? What is that? Yeah, that's a Hyundai, man. I drive <laughs> that. <laughs> oh, this is where we conduct our business. Oh, oh, business. Yeah. Interesting. What are those? It's a drum set, man. Yeah. Oh, go on. <laughs> what do you do with it? I hit it. I make music. Yeah. Show me. Okay. Oh, I'd like that. What's the flat yeah, one? Yeah, it just goes in yeah, the it's back of the ship, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, all right, see right, you, man. Right, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Later. What's that? It's a shoelace. Okay, thanks. Bye. What? No, get back here. What are you doing? So Woodrow... Says Indrid Cole has never stopped contacting him. Now he seems needy. <sighs> so I got some theories about that too. Okay. We'll kind of get there. Okay, good. Good, good. However. Yes. 
Indrid, or not Indrid, Woodrow. Yes. He's been in contact with this guy the whole time. So he's learning stuff. Oh, no. Yeah. Way to go, Keel. You said he wasn't a learned man. Now he's got all the information. This is from uh, Woodrow's own book. I love watching the evolution of Woodrow's life. <laughs> oh, it's weird. It's Man. crazy. I don't know where he ended up. I should probably know that. We should know, he's but... He's probably it... dead. Oh, probably. Yeah. You think he's dead or he's not on a ship with injured somewhere? Hold on. We'll get there. All right. I'll stop. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So... All right. Woodrow learns that injured cold is from the planet Lanulos. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> it's in the galaxy of Ganymede. Of course it is. I'm probably butchering that. Ah, it probably sounds close enough. Yeah. Guess who's gone there? Who? Woodrow. What? <laughs> He's been there. No. God damn it, Woodrow. Everyone there wears colorful shirts. I can only imagine. It looks like a. I can only imagine what that looks like. Signs and posters all are made with squiggly oriental-like writing. That's just their language. Mm-hmm. So I was, Sparkly. They all got glitter pants. So I was going to wrap it up here because then I was like, I don't have enough time to l- read about this entire planet. What? That's all I want to do right now. Yeah, I got it for you. <laughs> I figured it out. Yes. Okay, I good. figured out the... the the hits. Good. Good. The cliff notes. The so big beats. I just searched for Lanolus and I was like, what is this planet? <laughs> oh my God. And we got oh my encyclopedia.com. Oh my what God. they say it is. I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready for this, but I want it. So it's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> according to Cold's account, okay. Lanolus is 14.6 light years from Earth in oh. the Ganymede <laughs> galaxy. Oh my God. Uh, it was originally settled by people from Earth who traveled there in spaceships. Okay. But that knowledge of space travel had been lo- lost for a long time and only more recently rediscovered. He's got my complete attention. Their new planet was much like Earth. Through their yearly cycle, only had three seasons, planting, harvest, and cold. <sighs> That's scary. Now back in contact, the Lunalosians. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Mouthful huh. can easily pass for human. So I think it was off air last time, but we were talking about Battlestar Galactica. Yes, and all I could think of was how much I'd read about this so far and how it go on. Just, I mean, it's humans coming to Earth, right? Yeah, yes. If you haven't seen Battlestar Galactica? Watch that. Yes, yes. Cold related that the people of Lanolus are religious. They believe in one God, the father of all, and the creator of all that is good. They have a language, but they also communicate via telepathy. Wow, I said that weird. It's fine. It's fine. Better they develop in a non-hostile manner and have no crime or war. Government is loosely organized around a 56-person guiding council whose members are elected every six months. If a member proves unfit, he or she is dismissed and another elected to fill the vacancy. The people also have no need of clothes and generally walk around in the nude. (laughs) When Derenberger first visited the planet, he found he attracted stares because of his clothing, 
clothing and soon adopted the local custom. Oh, my gosh. Well, when in Rome, when in Lanolos. Derenberger also reported that he had traveled to Venus and its residents were also nudists. All right. The Venetians. All right. All right. Woodrow. It's where it starts losing me. Because he was a he was a sewing he was a sewing salesman sewing machine salesman yeah that's what that's what that's Woodrow well, and he that's says my guy that everybody wears all this bright clothing and like now we're getting some inconsistencies well now we're going to see now we're going to space is just like the high like the capital cities are they nude or is it a certain class of people I don't know maybe. I got lots of questions Cast now system maybe I do, don't know do the elite wear clothes or do the non elite wear clothes are they just your, your everyday man. I hope the elite don't wear clothes. I mean, or is it like, or is Woodrow like, is it like a uniform, not Woodrow. See now, see Woodrow wants to be injured. He's not. So, but like, maybe like that's like his space, like his uniform. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for space travel. Yeah. Return to earth clothes. He wears the goddamn glitter pants. But when he gets back home, imagine if they captured, if we rescued <laughs> Neil Armstrong. He was just naked on the moon. No. Well, that's hilarious. One small <laughs> step for man. One naked human for the moon. Yeah. No, that's that's a good motto. No, but like if they, because the when they return to Earth, they have to pick them out of the ocean. So when they open up the oh, capsule, yeah. he, he erupts. Okay. His naked. <laughs> I got you. Like, I'm here. Yeah. Whoa, what? Oh, I was in space. Yeah. All right. So, Lusians. Yeah. What is happening? Uh, we're gonna keep going through their customs. Please. Marriage is common among the Lanolosians. When a couple marries, they are united. The male refers to his spouse as his union, and a female calls her husband her united. Cold indicated that he had a wife and two children. Children go through a lengthy education period that begins as soon as they seem capable of knowing good from evil. People typically live to be 125 to 175 years old in Earth time. There we go. The friendly Lanolosians, while not warlike, were engaged in business and desired to establish trade with Earth. However, they found their attempts to form a relationship rebuffed. They had approached the American government, but found officials unwilling to guarantee their safety. On occasions, they had attempted to land where they had been met with hostility. Oh my God! Come on, guys, let them. Ex- come on, man. Cold that indicated that he had received wounds from a shotgun on one occasion. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Somebody saw this thing and they're having a conversation that's popping full of buckshot. I mean, wouldn't you? Maybe. But. No, I think I think I'd have I think I'd talk more about like my you know, about the hubcap in my car or something. Yeah. We're talking about that tree over there. Yeah. Or the so highway. Something completely weird. What's that? That's a stoplight. What does that do? It makes you stop. Yeah. Thanks. As <laughs> he turns back to his home planet. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Oh, all right. All right. Cool. What's that? It's a pen. What do you do? You write with it. What do you write? Whatever you want. Thanks. Bye. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. So there's no actual. This, that, this might surprise you. There's no actual report of uh, no confirmed, you know, no peer study that uh-huh. <laughs> the uh-huh. planet of Lanolos exists. Oh. Unfortunately. Well. Yeah, that's what they want you to think. Mm-hmm. That's so easy to do with any of this. When you say nothing's been proven, yeah, that's what they want you to think. It's like, God damn it. But 
if we pop, if we shot an alien with a shotgun and he just went back to his, and he just started hanging out with a, uh, a sewing machine salesman, mm-hmm. I don't think we anybody would talk about it ever again. <laughs> the government would just put that away. Yeah. Like, like, all right. Well, well, let's we'll put that one on the back burner. Yeah. Uh, What's the name of the planet again? Lanolos. Man, if I could talk to any elected official about Lanolos, my mm-hmm. whole life would be invalidated. Yep. I wouldn't. I would stop being a person. <laughs> they wouldn't have any. They wouldn't want. To, no one would ever want to deal with me again. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, Mister Representative, what do you know about Lanolos? <laughs> like, all right, get this guy out of here. So, however, okay, Woodrow Derenberger claims that the people of Lanolos are. Other, uh, they look human. They could pass as human. Except, you know, this injured guy, he won't stop smiling. That just might be his, like, he just might be bad at that. Yeah, I mean, he's trying to fit in. He's too happy about being on another planet because he's like, wow, I did it. I'm here. Yeah. Hey, you want to talk about the trees? Yeah, what is that? What is that called? What is that called? Mothman? What's that? Oh, we can talk about those. We have lots of Mothman and Lanolos. Yeah. But at the same time, there's other uh, sightings of what seem to be human, but something's just off. Okay. October 1967, three men driving along Route 2 in West Virginia say they saw a large caped man walking along the the road. Oh, my God. They stopped and looked back, and he was gone. There were open fields on both sides of the road. A group of eight men wearing... Oh, hold on. Whew. Right. I almost started blending two, two different stories here. That was going to get wild. I could see it in your eyes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, what's coming? All right, so that happened. Yeah. Um, a group of eight men wearing thick black cowls startled motorists near Caterham, England okay. in 1963. Got it. Witnesses said that the mystery men departed by running and leaping across the road. Oh. Their actions were silently, or were silent and most odd. Yeah, sounds like it. More stories. Yes. Um, this is taken from a letter that was a correspondent of Keels. Okay. So this is, might be a little weird to read, but the first incident occurred last April. Ah. Uh, I want to say this was 66, but I'm not entirely certain. Okay. According to what the witness told me, he and a friend had been driving along the highway about 11.30 p.m. They were miles from the nearest town, and they could not see any other cars on the road. Since the land in northwestern Minnesota is very flat, their visibility was almost unlimited. So they were understandably shocked and surprised when their headlights caught three large men walking abreast and towards towards them from the other lane of the highway. The men were dressed in black cowls that covered the upper half of their faces. There were slits for the eyes. Oh. Whoever or whatever they were paid no attention to the car and continued on as if it had never passed. The second incident that he receives in this letter uh, was in Canby, Minnesota. Okay. Several years ago, an acquaintance of mine was taking a shortcut home through an alley several blocks from where I live. He was not paying any particular attention to the direction he was going and almost walked into another person in the alley. A 
just imagine that's like yours you know texting on your phone right but you know 40 years ago that wasn't a thing no 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 so i don't know just kicking kicking rocks right right exactly yeah, because there's no way yeah how were you distracted back then but the stranger seemed quite startled and turned to stare in surprise the man was very tall massive and was dressed in black cape that covered the top half of his face he seemed to be carrying something that resembled a large black bag well, he's up to no good, no matter who he is. Yeah, whether, yeah, no matter what that guy's doing, <laughs> something is amiss. I don't care if he's from Luluga or not, or <laughs> Lanolos. <laughs> I don't care if he's from Lanolos or not. If he's just a human being walking around with some cape over his face and a black bag, no, no. Right. What are you doing? So, how are these related? Are they related? Maybe. Are these people from Lanolos trying to fit in with our culture, just like Woodrow Derenberger, stripping his clothes off and frolicking through Lanolos's... I don't know. He didn't describe the landscape at all, but they're majestic fields. I, man, now I'm just a man imagining a bunch of naked Lanolosians jumping around naked in this field. But yeah, because like, okay, so if they don't wear clothes and they see that we, we just cover our bodies in material, yeah. they don't get the difference of covering your face or wearing a cape or... Yeah. They don't, they just like, oh, this is what they do. Yeah, they're just covered. Right. They just cover their bodies, so I guess I'll do that too. Right. No one will know. It's lost in right. translation. Right, they just think that's close enough where we can see the specifics in it. Oh my God, that's exactly, oh my yeah. God. And then Injured Cold is putting on these fancy, awesome green and blue pants and stuff. Yeah, this he's just like, cocky. oh, this is the only material I had. It's part of my spaceship that, you know, travels 14.6 light years away. Right. At this point, I right. This is what I got. He's ripping out, and his other. What if he's ripping off parts of his ship, and like the other guy in there with him? He's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I gotta get clothes on." They were clothes here. Yeah. It's like, man, we brought tarps for that. Yeah. No, tarps are stupid. They were like jackets and stuff. So he's like a master seamstress, which is why he <laughs> finds a guy who sells a sewing machine. Whoa! Oh, that's mind why. blowing. Andrew Cole is a master seamstress. He makes his own shit from the materials of a spaceship he had to buy he had to buy a sewing machine and that's why he stopped woodrow he was like hey man i'm here i'm from lanolos we don't wear clothes <laughs> i don't know when... what you guys are doing with your bodies <laughs> you help how do you construct these things you put on your bodies like, well i sold a machine for that you sell a what <laughs> what's that same conversation we've been having all night what's that it's a sewing machine what's it do it sews, and it's a machine. What's it sew? Clothes. Oh, is that what you wear? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's sick. Hey, Woodrow, can you make me some sick clothes? I mean, I I know how to use it. I sell them. I get it. Okay. So. Okay. Are the, the black-eyed kids some sort of weird Lan spawn from Lanolos? Lanolosian youth? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. It's never said that they have the beady eyes that are set wide apart, which seems to be the thing with the Indrid and like his his brethren, yeah, his Lanolosians, yeah. But then again, maybe it's like kids, like small humans have like big heads and small bodies. They don't look like a full right. grown adult. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, who does know? It's pretty wild though. Woodrow might fucking know. I mean, I really wish I could have purchased his book. Is it not available, or is it a lot? It's available now. Is it? Uh, yeah. Apparently, I forget what year they said it got. It got a reissue after many years, but it said there was only six in like the entire 
American library system. It had become so rare. Oh my god! And, and like, if you were to try to buy one, it was like thousands of dollars. But it's been reissued now. It's been reissued, and now you can buy it on Amazon for like ten bucks, if that. But in the time that we're doing this, I didn't have time to buy sure book and read an entire thing about an entire new planet oh that's all right yeah lanolos <laughs> is an episode it could be that's an episode we'll definitely have to get his book yeah i mean at this point i should buy john keel's book too right yes absolutely john keel like moth and prophecies there's other books all of his books we should buy all his books yeah probably okay when are we we got to find we got to make ourselves a library I know we do. We got to find a place to put it. Yeah. I don't know how this is going to happen, but that's on the to-do list. Yeah. Because that could also it would double as imagine a place surrounded by these ridiculous books where we record this podcast. That'd be cool. That's a dream. Yeah. That's a good one. It's a good goal. It's a good one. Because. Because right now we're just surrounded by my drum kit. I mean, it still sets the mood. It does. It's a good drum kit. Yeah, yeah, it is. Did I ever mention that I'm in a band? I don't know if I did. To me personally, or well, I know, I know, you know. <laughs> I'm just being stupid. Yeah, no. yeah. You know, um, maybe in passing, but yeah. All right. Well, let's throw it out there then. Yeah, do it. Um, I'm in a thrash metal band called Bloodletter. Fact. Yeah, we're okay. Yeah, they do a good job. Yeah, we're okay. All right, let's stick with that. But uh, we're gonna be going on a lot of. We got a lot of shows coming up. In the end of the summer here. So, I don't have any of the dates yet. Well, I do. I just, they're not posted yet, so I can't say. That's fair. But yeah, we'll post them. I'll be around a lot of places, so if anybody's listening and wants to come hang out, look us up. And then I'll get the dates out yeah, of a later we'll, episode. And then I'll help you with, you know, because when we put these up, so you will know what dates come up around what shows to make that make sense. Right, yeah, that works. That'd be badass. That'd be cool. Hell yeah. There's well, one. You don't have to say the date, but there's one coming up, isn't there? This one, like, it won't matter for the podcast, but like this weekend. Oh, we got one this Friday. Interesting. Yeah. Let's see if I can. Is it that the, uh, with the cobras? Yeah, that's the one. All right, I'll see if that can happen. It's not gonna be out, or this is. No, it's not. No, I'm just me personally. <laughs> yeah, this is all about. This is me being selfish now. I'm like, can uh-huh. I make that one? Yeah. Fuck. That'd be a good one. It would be a good one. Yeah. Might have to, fucking, be somewhere late, but we'll see. But yeah, sweet. But yeah. Blood letter, man. Yeah. Look them up. You, they're all, you guys are on all the stuff. Yeah, we're on everything. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. So do that. Do that. Come talk to me about how injured cold. Man, please come up to Zach and talk about injured cold. Sometimes I wish that I could wear a cape and run around with my face covered and carrying black duffel bags. You know, even injured said he doesn't live in a nation as great as America. Yeah, what's up with that? I think he's just being modest. He just modest. knows? He's just like, being modest, I yeah. think. He's just like, <laughs> he just knows. <laughs> yeah. you, guys got, you guys are fucking great. Yeah, you guys blow shit up every 4th of July. You're the whole planet. You blow up countries just because you want to. Oh, just to make money. We we don't know what war is. Well, and that's the thing, I think, because he says they're a peaceful place. Yeah. And we like to blow shit up. Are they peaceful <laughs> just because... <laughs> yeah. So I feel like, man... We would just ruin that planet. That's what. That's that sci-fi story. Humans go to Lanolos, we ruin it. Did we already ruin it? Because they they left Lanolos and came here, right? Did they bring back? Did they bring back war? 
Do they bring back violence? I don't know. Is Lanolos falling apart as we speak? Are they involved in some kind of civil war? Could be. Where peace is fighting violence, but in order to fight violence, peace has to become violent, so peace is already lost? Oh my god. What did we do to Lanolos? What did Lanolos do to us? Because he said America's better, so... That's true. Well, maybe that just shows his empirical aspirations. He's like, all we do... Uh huh. Maybe Indrid is getting in on some, you know, anar- on anarchy. That's what would be kind of trying to battle him. He yeah. wants to get in this conquering shit. He's like, you guys, you guys just want something, so you fucking take it. We're all polite and nice to each other. Yeah, we don't wear clothes. Yeah, we're naked. Is Lanolos like? Is Lanolos like a Garden of Eden? Mm. Oh, it's mixing some religion. Let's throw it all in the goddamn pot. Yeah, I don't know what. Uh, so is Lanolos my new favorite thing? Maybe. <laughs> it's possible. It's, good. it's possible. I mean, it's just weird, though, for me, like, going from Woodrow Derenberger, like, his interview. Uh-huh. Super legit. Yeah. And then it just goes off the, I mean, maybe the deep end. But I don't I mean, know. A, but it, like, seems like the deep end. A, a day after it happened. So, in that instance, whatever happened, he is still him. Yeah. But that becomes his life then. Like, this is, you know, he, everybody's bothering him, so then he gets more involved, and then let's just say some creature from a different planet is contacting him, or he thinks there is. I mean, he just, he's not the same person. Yeah, he, I mean, his, he loses his wife, and he goes after a younger woman who is a contact D. Yeah. Because so. which part was he drawn to? I, hmm, Woodrow. So then he's balling. Or like, was it was it her that suckered him in, you know? Oh, but that I can mean, go either way. Like, she could have absolutely suckered him, but he's like he let himself be suckered by a younger woman. Right. I mean, so that's what I mean. That's what he did. Yeah, that's most likely. Because he's like this cool guy who's talked to aliens. What chick doesn't want to hang out with that guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none of them. He's like, or all of them. Yeah. Wait, what was the question? <laughs> both, both answers. Both. I'm sticking with what I said yes, both times. All the answers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, the grinning man. The grinning man. He's a wild, injured, cold ride. I didn't know there was a whole planet, Zach. I didn't either when I started this. It took me. I was really worried I was going to be like, "Hey, there's a whole planet of this." I don't know anything about it because that's what I originally. Right here, and says it says my notes. Unfortunately, that is all I know about Lanolos right now. You, and I crossed it off because then I was like, I gotta find fucking something. You needed to, because <laughs> you knew I, the look in my eyes. Like, oh, uh-huh. I would have been sad. I'll be well, honest, I would have been sad if it I came go. up very last minute. I was like, well, you know, I should look into this a little bit more. And then I was like, holy fuck, Amazing. this is an entire thing. I'm glad I can just picture <laughs> that you're about done with what you're doing. Yeah, and then like, well, okay, good episode. And then it gets dropped in your fucking lap. I was like, oh no, mm-hmm. what do and, I do with this? And that was, I read basically off of insight the encyclopedia page right just the just the the highlights uh he has an entire novel or biography i don't know what you call it at that point. oh that's an auto fucking biography (laughs) that's a life story he's like lewis and clark well the book's just called the people from lenote oh my god what the fuck is it i'm gonna look it up real quick sure i think it's just called the people from lanolos or something like that how is because you see it? How is how is that spelled? Just like we've been saying it. Uh, L A N U L O S. It's Lanolos. Yeah. 
L A N O U S, or there's an L in there. What'd you say again? Uh, L A N U L O S. Oh, okay, yeah, Lanolos. God damn it. Visitors from Lanolos. This is absurd. On Amazon, oh, it's twenty bucks, eighteen. Well, that means it's that means it's fucking true. There's another book called Beyond Lanolos, Our 50 Years with Indrid Cold. Oh, my God. Who's that written by? That's a good question. <laughs> what? Um, oh, I like that. Okay. It's written by Tanya Derenberger. Is that his younger wife? I don't know. Let's look. Whew. I hope not. Sorry, Tanya. Uh, not Tanya. I'm going to guess daughter. She looks too young to be wife as of now. Okay. Daughter um, of Woody Derenberger. Woody. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm so glad we've been using his official name. Yeah. At this point, he's a full-fledged Woody. Yeah. The man is a full-fledged There's another book. Oh, no, this is, all right, so that's the subtitle, is Our 50 Years with Inner Gold and just Beyond Lanolos. All right. I don't know what to do with this. Muhammad Ali? What? How is he involved with this? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. What does he know about? What did he know about Lanolos? It says in the authors, it says Tanya Derenberger, Tanya Baron, Darren Berger, Bowman, Andrew Colvin, and Muhammad Ali. Is it the same Muhammad Ali? I clicked on it. It's all Muhammad Ali. Like, oh my like the boxer. No, that's got to be. I don't know what that means. I'm just going to close it because, you know, for everybody listening, this is how we can go down so many weird things. You just click on something and you're like, Muhammad Ali. It can't be the same fucking Muhammad Ali. Like, oh, no, it happens to be. So, how is oh, that a thing? Yeah. Well, and I don't want to know right now. I, there's no time to know right now. How did Cassius Clay mm-hmm. meet Injured Golden? Did they take him back to Lanolos? And did did Muhammad Ali teach Injured Cold violence? He's learned from the best. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's why I just closed everything. Float, shut the laptop. Float like a butterfly. Butterfly sting like a Lanolosian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't say it. That's outrageous. It's absurd. Well. All right. I'm in awe. Yeah. I'm in awe. Yeah. Well, uh, there's so many things. Now that we got Muhammad Ali in the picture, there's a lot of other things we could do. We can talk about the 1970s and talk about Vietnam. No, I, I mean, besides Muhammad Ali, like, take that back out of the picture. Oh, okay. And you got the men in black still. Yes. I already did one on the shadow people, but yes. there's like a whole thing that says. Oh, they don't stop. Oh, no. And it's. Or what? Go after ahead. I got into the grinning man. Yes. There's like. Weird hybrid stories of like the grinning man, shadow man, people and stuff. So there's a lot of shit going on. There's so much now. Muhammad Ali's in it, and I don't know what to make of that. So, so we're just gonna call it. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't care if it's not good audio. I just want to sit here in silence and just process whatever you just stumbled upon. <laughs> I don't know what to I do. Know. What do I do with that? I don't know. What do I do with the greatest of all time? 
and the green and and Woody Derenberger. Yeah, I don't know. An injured cold and a, a planet full of naked people who don't know violence. Yeah, did did Woody Derenberger like bring Muhammad Ali? And he's like, all right, see how many you can knock out. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> he's like, bam, <laughs> boom, pop, <laughs> pop. Yeah. He's Muhammad Ali's wiping out cities <laughs> with his bare hands. And he should call anyone aligned with him as conquering the planet. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Injured Gold's like, this is my master plan. Yeah, I found my weapon. I found, went and found the violent planet and I brought their greatest fighter. Oh my God, he's just knocking them out. <laughs> he's just barehanded. Just... Boom, is this what you want me to do? Injured? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Bam. Yeah, keep it up. Bam! It's like they're not—they're not fighting back, though. Yeah, just keep going. Yes, that's the point. The, the <laughs> idea, quantity. Mister Ali, we want quantity. Yeah, nobody dies. Well, somebody probably died. Yeah, these I mean, peaceful people are just taking one on the chin from Muhammad Ali. <laughs> yeah, her head gets knocked. Like, I just knocked his head off. It's fine. It'll grow back. It won't, it won't grow back. It'll oh. grow back. It's fine. It's not coming back. Yeah, I have no idea how that ties in, but I like to think that it's this. This is this is how it ties in. It's perfect. Yeah, and, it, and Muhammad Ali's just like whatever, because he just met an alien. He's gone to space. He's on a planet. Like this is cool. Yeah, it's like all right. I'm I on guess, another planet, kicking like, ass. Am I really doing this? Am I really just beating these guys' asses? Like they're not dead. No, hopefully. Hmm. So he's not being a murderer. But after twenty thousand of them get punched in the head. Injured Gold, yeah. Muhammad Ali's like, is this enough? Yeah, they're yeah. just they're just surrendering outright to Injured Gold. Mm-hmm. This is your city now. Yeah, Injured's like, what is this? And then he answers his own question. Now he's answering his own questions. It's my city, bitch. <laughs> like, wow. Uh huh. And even Muhammad's like, can I go home? Yeah, <laughs> can, can you take me home now, please? Hmm. Then somebody somewhere found Muhammad Ali covered wearing glitter pants. Like, where were you? <laughs> <laughs> you have a fight this weekend. Uh-huh. I've been busy. Yeah. You'll never believe it. And I'm not training. Gonna, yeah, I've been training. All right, well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap this wrap this up cuz that's a uh we could just keep going. Yes. Well, for starters, of course, Zach mentioned you're in a you're in an okay band called Blood Letter. Yeah. Is there a you're in all the things. We're on all the things. All the things. You can follow. Uh, well, you just follow me and Zach in general. We're on the Instagram. You can find our handles yeah. on the uh, the Weird and Feared uh, Instagram page. Yep, do that. And then um, you can email us at weirdandfeardpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want, what I would like someone to do, you might have to, if you're not listening through us through Anchor, that's fine. Um, they help this show happen. But if you go to the app or the website, you can leave us a voice message. So it's basically like calling into the show. And I yeah. think that would be out of control. I want that to happen. I've probably talked about that. We yeah. have, yeah. Tell yeah. me a story. I don't, you know what? I do care what, but like I don't care what. But like I do, but I don't. So like any of this kind of, you know, call in. You can, it'll be just like any normal sighting. It'll be, can be anonymous. You can tell us who you are in the recording, but we'll cut it out when we play it. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. Just do that. Tell us about spooky stuff because when it comes to this podcast, all we're about is staying spooky. Yeah, leave us those voicemails. I think that would be that'd be wild because we could edit it out and play it live. Yeah. Or if you don't want your voice 
at all. Yeah, you can just email us too. Then it'll give us the option. But yeah, email us. We'll read it. Yeah, get a few, get some together, put on the whole thing. Yeah, that's our goal. We've got one right now. We can get a few more. I think we can get a couple more. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I have, I have one. I've been told I just have to put it to because it was like told to me in passing. Yeah. Yeah. So we'd like to do a just an episode on that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I mean, we haven't got our, uh, you know, the uh, the things to represent us in the wild. We haven't got those things up yet. You know, like stickers or a shirt or something. Yeah. No. And the. Uh, Patreon will be hooked up when I have more time, which is coming soon. Well, and then um, we'll be on all that soon. Also working on, also working on. If you've been paying attention to any of my illustrations on the Weird and Feared or um, at Scatterville Stories, where I am at on the internet, putting some things together. Mm-hmm. And the idea is to have the co- to uh, do a complete collection of the first year of this podcast. And I have, I am so ecstatic. Uh-huh. That injured cold and lanolos is now added to the things that I will be drawing. <laughs> uh huh. Because I might just draw an illustration of Muhammad Ali punching aliens. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that'd be I cool. mean, this episode began with me wanting to draw pictures of injured cold in his glitter pants. Am uh-huh. I just going to draw pictures of a boxer knocking out <laughs> extra ter- yeah. extraterrestrials? Uh huh. As a guy in the background with glitter pants claps. He's like, <laughs> or he'll have like a thumbs up. Just like the manager. Yeah, smiling though as wide as he can. Yeah, in like a Russian tracksuit or something, like you know, like a Russian mobster, his glitter tracksuit. Yep, with a chain around his neck, and Muhammad Ali's face is like, what? What is this? (laughs) Where am I? Can I go home? I said all Vietnam, but now I'm here. Mm -hmm. What are we doing? (laughs) Why is this happening? But only he knows. Yep, and. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Yeah. Boom.